United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. The dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Ross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Ross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects exist. So... I was going to say, and we're just going to jump right into it, we're not even going to do, actually I will say hi, I'm Chelsea, and I was happy with Noel, but now I am sad with Noel, and I'm going to say why I was happy with you first, because when I bought Blade House of Sean, <laughs> and then animated Blade, Marvel anime Blade, and I came yeah. home, I showed them to my partner, and I don't think he was enthusiastic enough about it. What a and so loser. I went all the way loser. downstairs and I brought them up. I'm going to show them again, even though I already showed them to you. And you, your enthusiasm made me so happy that we even watched a full music video of the guy <laughs> who played Blade. We looked at his Sticky Wikipedia. <laughs> Sticky fingers. We jumped into the IMDb. We started doing everything. And I made a comment about how hate becomes a meme culture and then this is why I'm really disappointed with you, Noel, because then you dropped a bomb on me that you were going to go see Nickelback and you hadn't invited me. Here's the um, thing. So now I, I might cry. That's how upset I am. Like, hey, tears what's are going to come out. Hey, what's up? My name's Noel. First of all, let's not let Oliver get away with the fact that he was unenthusiastic with both Marvel animated TV series Blade and also a unbeknownst to us 2007 one season 13 episode with Sticky Fingers as Blade TV show on Spike, I believe. And you got the Too Hot for TV unrated extended director's cut edition of it, um, which is some of the most incredible news I've ever heard that there is more to Blade than the three movies and the upcoming um, remake. So please don't let him get away with that because the enthusiasm was real. The happiness and joy was palpable and authentic <laughs> because nothing makes me happier than Blade. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Second of all, it hasn't happened yet. It's July 6th at USANA Amphitheater, and you can buy tickets now. It's not my fault that because I, and I'll say it because Oliver deserves to get shit on a little bit for not being enthusiastic about Blade information. Ty bought our tickets, and he was going to tell Oliver so that Oliver could buy yours because they're like $60 or something like that. Because like you said, unrecorded on the episode, everyone hates Nickelback ironically and yet they sell out fucking everything and are like on tour forever and we know all of their songs even though I don't think I've like ever chosen to listen to Nickelback but I know mm -hmm. all of their songs so um yeah we're just doing lawn seats though so you guys should just come so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna light a candle in my window and I'm gonna dress <laughs> all in black uh-huh and I'm just going to mourn this day. Why? Because I didn't get an enthusiastic reception of Blade from the love of my life. Yeah. And I did not <laughs> get invited to Nickelback by my <laughs> hetero life partner. I was told, I'm, I mean, but like, this is, look at this. Oh, that's total. Yikes. Dude. Bro. What? People are selling seats at USANA Amphitheater for Nickelback for $400. <laughs> 
Hold on, my computer came unplugged. Multiple. I believe it. And you know what? I bet they're not selling a single seat because I bet they invited their friend. <laughs> Get fucked. Just buy the fucking lawn ticket. Um, just come with us. It's going to be kind of pricey, but who cares? Money isn't real anyway. And apparently Fallout Boy is playing the next day, and I'm not going to that. So what is even the point of anything? Um, son of a bitch. I got to get this plugged in. Uh, oh, man. Fallout Boy would be fun, too. But just oh. get the tickets. Don't be a fucking loser. Just get the tickets. Stop being a baby. Um, and yeah, that's that. Also, let's see. Buy tickets. It's really Oh, you know what I will say? It's really fucking hard to find like the official like ticket, like the efficient ticket seller of the venue nowadays. Like you really have to like go to the actual venue's internet web page and then purposely find it impossible. Yeah. Yeah. I swear it's because like Ticketmaster or like all of these other things pay to fuck up the algorithm. Even no, if I go do. even if I go to USANA Amphitheater, USANA Amphitheater is not the first thing to even pop up. It's, it's not. Ticket-center.com and then Event Ticket Center and then Vivid Seeds and yeah, then Vivid Live Seeds Nation. It is sponsored. So I will say I went to their website and it I went to buy tickets at Nickelback and it directed me to Live Nation, which is very stupid. But they're selling lawn seats on Live Nation for $100. I just found some on KSL for 60 So, problem solved. Um, you can is go to problem solved? Yeah, because you just buy the fucking Nickelback tickets. Don't be a baby. So, anyway. Um, speaking of demons in my life including your energy for not just buying a nickel back ticket <laughs> um if that chair i you know what you gotta buy me a new one all right you just gotta get me a new one at this point i don't know what to do i've budgeted i don't know my money into blade anime and now i'm fucked i gotta deal with this chair for another how pay much, period before we get into the episode how much was the blade animated series the, to get the four pack of Blade, Iron Man, Wolverine, and X Men was fourteen ninety nine. Um, apparently, comes, you can you can buy just the one for five ninety. Hmm, I might just give I'll, that a little buy. I might also have uh, an X Men panel, so it's good to have this. Ooh. I just yeah, it's two discs. Yeah, it's a- yeah, it's volume one and two of wow. each. So I really got, um, if we're mathing, I really got eight. You know, I love that. I, I, <sighs> they're not coming out with Blade the remake um, until with Marshall Ollie until two thousand and five. But guess who's also going to be in it? Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Mia Goth. A24's darling, Mia Goth. I love Mia Goth. I am... This is what I'm talking about, baby! Like, 
Mia Goth, I'm pretty sure, is in... Nope, that's Anya Taylor-Joy. There are these two creepy bitches. There are these two bug-eyed, creepy bitches. And it is Mia Goth and Anya Taylor-Joy. And they could do period pieces. They can do modern days. They both look like they're dying of polio in 1502. And running a cult in 2023. These two bitches, I am eating... Mm, 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 they're the new tri- they're the new triple threat. It's no longer singing, dancing, and songwriting or acting. I don't remember what the old triple threat was. I think it was singing, dancing, and acting. Yeah. No more. No. It's but the two of them, Mia Goth and Anya Taylor Joy, if they're in something like Anya Taylor Joy is going to be in Nosferatu and Mia Goth is in the Blade remake with Marshall Ali. Be so fucking for real. I just like Every day I think about taking my own life, I am reminded of the glories of cinema. I, and it, oh, it fuels me. I fucking love film, baby. I love it. I am so excited. We have Barbenheimer fucking double feature next month. Got them tickets, babes. Got them fucking tickets. And we've got Blade coming up and Nosferatu coming up. I'm just, it, does it get any better than this? You know what I mean? It does get better. Nickelback. Why? <laughs> yeah, let's dive into it. Nickelback. This uh, is going to be a long one, I think. Okay, let's go. Let's do it. Oh my God, it's 10 pages. <laughs> yeah, it got long. Holy shit. It got long. Okay. Uh, and I don't know how it got away from me because it doesn't even really tangent off that far. Uh, There's just a lot of context here. So let's dive into it. What we just talked about has literally nothing to do with the episode, uh, which is on par for us because our delirious rantings go on for fucking ever, it seems. Not forever. It seems like mere minutes has passed, but I feel like we've been talking for eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're talking about the jinn. So, while the origins of the jinn are not fully clear, they have been mentioned in pre-Islamic literature dating back to the 7th century. Some Middle Eastern scholars suggest that jinn originated as malevolent spirits dwelling in deserts and unclean places, often taking the forms of animals, while others propose that they were initially pagan nature deities who gradually lost significance as other gods gained prominence. And it was believed that they were responsible for unknown mental illness and diseases that were prevalent at the time and often inhabited the types of places that people still tend to avoid to this day dark, dingy, desolate, and icky areas that tend to hold a sort of ominous ambiance. Things just tend to keep humans away. Mm -hmm. And the term jinn itself is thought to have Aramaic roots, indicating um, demonized pagan deities and suggesting that jinn became part of the Arabian belief during the late pre-Islamic era. And although jinn were worshipped by many pre-Islamic Arabs, they were not regarded as immortals in the sense like gods were at the time. Um, The relationship between the jinn and pre-Arabs was pretty nuanced as well. And while they could cause trouble for people, they were also known to protect humans and could even fall in love with them as well. And in fact, there is a story that a jinn named Manzur fell in love with a human woman named Haba teaching her basic healing practices, which were then integrated into mankind as a whole through generational traditions. And when I say jinn, I'm saying D-J-I-N-N. 
for um, those of you who need that spelled. I'm not sure if you're going to get into it, but my understanding of the djinn comes from the Witcher series. Um, and as far as I was concerned, they were like a genie. Yeah. My understanding of the djinn comes from Aladdin. Yeah. Like, they will grant you a wish. Yeah. And okay. also, there was a supernatural episode about it, and that's what actually inspired me. Hold on, I have to adjust this. Ugh. That's what actually inspired me to write this episode, is because I'm back on supernatural TikTok, and the Jin episode was really creepy. Um, but it was hmm. almost like uh, the Jin episode in Supernatural was almost like memory suck you by in the sense people would be in like a dream world that the Jin created while they like feasted on their essence and their aura eventually until the person uh-huh. died. Very interesting. Um, interesting. I've actually never gotten into Witcher. I tried to watch the series, but I had no prior understanding of it. So the timelines fucked me up. And then I asked Ichabod if it was supposed to be confusing. And he said, uh, it would be confusing to me specifically. And instead of taking that as a read, I took it as just good advice that it's fine that I didn't understand. I mean, here's the thing. I played a little bit of The Witcher 3, yes. But. But, 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 but. And I did enjoy the first season of The Witcher specifically. But I also read The Witcher book. And books, I should say. And specifically, like, God. I don't know. When was that? Like, 2019, I believe, um, is when I started it. And I I read um, The Last Wish, which I believe is, like, what the series is based off of. And I read um, Sort of Destiny. And I was genuinely impressed and, like, inspired by the parody between the two. Mm-hmm. And so I think you should do that. I think you should start with the book. Um, I was... I had a physical copy, but I also found a free download of the audiobook online. Oh, send it to me. So audiobooks. Yeah, you should. I, I think if you started there, you would really love it because like it's truly some of the best fantasy I've ever read. It's amazing fun. And then you will watch the first season of the show and be like, oh my God, this is this is exactly from the book. Like this is exactly okay. like ripped from the fucking book. So it's super cool. Anyway. Okay, yeah, send me that link after that, after this. Anyway, uh, so anyway, scholar Emily Savage-Smith pointed out that the more malevolent nature of the jinn at the time um, and stated that terms describing other entities, such as genie, um, were used interchangeably across various regions, which ultimately led to some of the good-natured renditions of these spirits that we see today, with, like I said, the example being genie from Aladdin. I... Love that. So, it, like, the gin name was just, uh, like, genie is just an adaptation on the word gin. Yeah. And that's, like, how, like, I would say they're almost, like, pretty interchangeable today, too. Because you'll hear stories of, like, people getting their literal wishes granted. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, because they don't really have any stake in the game, but they will take your wishes literally, and it can, like, really fuck you up. Yeah, that's the fun part about it, and the demonic part. Mm-hmm. And as more and more religions began to develop in the world, such as like the Zoroastrians, Christian, and Jewish faiths, the jinn began to have their lore intertwined with angels and demons as the years passed on. 
And interestingly enough, they have a hotspot for where they like to pop up in an Oman town called Bala. Now, here's the part where we apologize for our public schooling when it comes to geography. But I did look up the weather forecast for this area, and it was 115 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, my God. So we send them live in that? I don't know, but we send them cool vibes as a sign yeah. of condolence for us being stupid and not knowing where that is. Uh, if you put a gun to my head and said that there is a country called Oman, I would be like, no, there isn't. But I think there is. We're that stupid. Um, also, sorry, 108, 108 is the maximum temperature at which humans can survive. Okay. Well, they live there and they're suffering. So actually only, I guess the only, the Jin can live there now. Cause it's so, yeah, a higher temperature may, it like deteriorates prote- proteins and causes irreparable damage to the brain. Oh my God. Well, people live there and it sucks temperature-wise. Culturally, I'm sure it is a vibrant, beautiful place. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, most, <laughs> so while most scholars maintain that humans cannot comprehend the nature of these beings, um, the best way that they would describe them, and like within the confines of the material realm, and I think that this is very easy to digest, uh, is that they are composed of fire without smoke. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That makes sense to me. Anyway. Uh, but they're well, dual. A fire without smoke makes sense to you. A fire without smoke, I can Im- I can imagine fire that's not smoking easy. Okay, you can imagine. Can you not imagine that? I mean, like now I can because you're like making me. But when you first said it, I couldn't. Fire without smoke. It's it's interesting. If you look up different, I did see one because um, I was trying to find like really good photos because there are entire compilations on youtube of people seeing jin um and one of the stills that i saw was just like a fire Mm -hmm. like just like in the dark you know what i mean um Mm -hmm. and i was like oh that's cool but i didn't really see any that i thought you wouldn't roast me for pun intended so yeah so you know i'm not chasing waterfalls today okay okay so i respect that Um, But it is believed that they do have a dual existence between realms, which allows them to interact between their world and ours interchangeably. And also they go to kind of the next level of being capable of having human emotions and experiences such as love and sex. And since they are believed to be shapeshifters, they can actually partake in activities such as eating, drinking, sleeping, and even reproducing with humans, which gives them a pretty significant advantage to interacting with us, especially since their intentions can be wildly unpredictable. Um, So it's like they're more tangible than a ghost, I guess you could say. Yeah, because like they interact with you. Yeah. and there are many interactions in history with the jinn. And interestingly enough, they are mentioned in the Quran, um, meaning that they are as much of a part as Islamic belief as angels and demons are to Christians. And the belief in jinn has perpetuated some pretty deep cultural fears over time. And similar to demons, people often seek exorcisms to get themselves rid of such entities. And author of Islam, Arabs, and the Intelligent World of Jinn, Amira L. Zine has stated, quote, 
The Arabs of pre-Islam invented a whole set of exorcism procedures to protect themselves from the evil actions of the jinn on their bodies and minds, such as the use of beads, incense, bones, salt, and charms written in Arabic, Hebrew, and Syriac, or the hanging around their necks of a dead animal's teeth, such as a fox or a cat, to frighten the jinn and keep them away. I mean, but why, I mean, I guess we'll probably get into it, but, like, why would you want to keep a jinn away? Aren't they, like, cool? Don't you want a jinn? Uh, I think, I get, like, a similar vibe as, like, fa- like fairy folk, that they are mischievous, and that they are playing by a different set of rules than we are. Um, but more modern things now, they're a little bit more tied in with demons than they are. Um, mm. So they're just feared. I guess it's hard for me to understand the negative of, I mean, I guess it's, it's, um, it's in between the lines, right? Like, yeah, a jinn yeah. will grant your wishes, but they will grant them literally and it will most likely fuck things up. Yeah. Like, I, I wish I was the strongest person in the world. And they say granted and they kill off every other human in existence. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and according to all that is interesting.com, quote, a 2014 study found that the attribution of psychiatric symptoms to jinn is common in some Muslim populations. Jinn have also reportedly appeared in some truly creepy firsthand encounters. One girl claimed a bully at a boarding school nearly choked when her tongue swelled up after she broke another student's necklace. The student in question then began speaking in a male voice, claiming to be a jinn who had traveled from afar. Only later did her parents reveal that they bought the jewelry from a shaman specifically to hold in the malevolent spirit. Ooh. That's so fucking fun. That is fun. I do love that uh, jinns are like kept in some sort of like vessel, mm-hmm. like a, a containment vessel. Like a I, lamp? Like a lamp or a necklace or I don't. Yeah. Whatever. Oh my God. The follow-up to this episode, I can't remember what they're fucking called, but there's those boxes in Jewish culture that hold, like, bad spirits in there. What Doesn't it? It called? begins with, like, a D. Deboyic box or something like that, right? Jewish demon box. Let's Google it. Oh, my God. This is going to be, like, the longest, most diverted. A Dybbuk box. I was so close. I was so close. Dude, you can buy them off of, like, the dark web. I've seen like unboxings. Like one guy had like a 14 hour YouTube series where he unboxed one and it just showed all this shit that was happening in his apartment. Um, I was going to say, why was it a 14 hour unboxing? But that makes sense because it was, it was basically like paranormal activity, but on steroids. That is so fun. It was fun and scary. Um, and it, it led to other like uh, people who would buy boxes off the dark web. And then one guy, like got mailed a GPS and then he started seeing like people following him and it was so fucking scary. And then he didn't post for like three years. Blah! Anyway, are you sure you're not getting fucked with online? It could be, but it's still that stuff where you're like, damn, it was super cool. Um, anyway, earlier I mentioned that Jin tend to congregate in a place called Bala. And some of those encounters are pretty gnarly. So again, from all that is interesting.com quote, They want to tear us apart, said a local exorcist who's claimed to have treated over 5,000 people. Our minds, communities, with arguments, disbelief, everything. And all the time, the jinn are still here, waiting. This is the burden of Bala. Could you imagine? It's like fucking Silent Hill. Like, you go there, it's hot. Mm -hmm. It's so hot, you'll die. 
Yeah. yeah, literally so hot that you'll die. And then people think that it's where Jin congregate to just fuck with people nonstop. I mean, yeah, if they're saying it's hot enough that it would like destroy and deteriorate your brain mm-hmm. in unrepairable ways, then like, yeah, this makes sense. And before we get into some of the more documented encounters that man has had with the Jin, let's jump into some research that Rosemary Ellen Gooley, whatever, wrote in her book called Vengeful Jin, Unveiling the Hidden Agenda. And so as we stated earlier, Jin are shapeshifters and are extremely difficult to pin down, meaning that many encounters with ghosts, aliens, doppelgangers, Bigfoot, and even my precious Fresno Nightcrawlers are potential manifestations of the Jin. Oh, doesn't that just take it, doesn't that take the wind out of your sails? A little bit, but it's also kind of creepy. If you think about it, like, bleh. but that, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily discredit the individual existence of any of these entities in their distinct forms, but it really highlights the opportunistic nature of the Jin and how they can assume appearances um, to deceive us into engaging with them in specific ways. I mean, and it's this- the funnest part about um, anytime a demon interacts with someone in pop culture references, right? Or even on highly recommended Netflix's new season of Black Mirror, Demon 79, in which the demon first appears as a hellbound, giant, scary entity, and then transforms into something um, that you would maybe feel a little bit more comfortable talking to. I well, and it. It, it, yeah, and that makes sense because the way you interact with one thing or the other is absolutely going to change. Like, the way you interact with an alien is going to be different than a ghost. Um, I know if I saw the fucking haunted pants Fresno Nightcrawlers, I would be so excited and I would run straight into their deceitful little gin trap and I would disappear forever. Um, yeah. And I know, like you said, it takes the wind out of your sails when you think that they could be interchangeable with cryptids, ghosts, and aliens. But these traditions and encounters are so westernized when you really think about it that it isn't that far off because one of the well most well-known monsters i would say in like american culture specifically is stephen king's it which literally changes its appearances based on what its subjects fear most uh, yeah harry potter has like what the fuck is that thing called in the i don't why do i only think about babadook it doesn't matter we don't want to give jk rowling anymore yeah don't give her any more credit but tulpas like there are Mm -hmm. things that we have literally that will buy out that like human mind can manifest it based on our own fear and -hmm. then when you say oh yeah the jinn are the same like you're like i have to accept it because i've already accepted it in all these other ways Um, yeah and they are widely regarded as a part of the all gaib which means great job i don't even know some of these words, but in in English, it just means that it pertains to the unseen realm. And these invisible entities possess abstract definitions and beliefs regarding them vary depending on communities and individuals. So some Islamic scholars acknowledge the potential for jinn to cause possession, but others hold a different view. Um, that's where you get like the wish making and, you know, just kind of like tricksters that interact with people. Um, but nevertheless, stories of individuals being possessed by jinn have been more prevalent throughout history and continue to be recounted today. 
And certain groups still practice exorcisms as a means of dealing with suspected jinn possession, which may involve reciting verses from the Quran or less common resorting to physical methods to drive the jinn out. You gotta love it. Doesn't matter where you are in the world or what religion you believe in. Always yeah. comes down to beating them out. Yeah, and um, I will add a caveat here that it is important to note that those practices that get a little bit more extreme are not endorsed by mainstream Muslims, um, but proponents in those practices do believe that inflicting pain during exorcisms is actually experienced by the jinn occupying the individual rather than the individual themselves. So they can Hey, get, I know some Catholic priests who would say the same thing. And, yep, and it's... Uh, they can get pretty brutal with the exorcisms, if you can imagine, um, as the exact same things that we see uh, when priests go on trial for manslaughter when they kill people during their own exorcisms. So it's yep, not yep, 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 that yep. uncommon. Yep. Um, but the association between the jinn and possession predates the advent of Islam, with pre-Islamic Arab culture having developed various exorcism rituals to safeguard against the malevolent influence of jinn on their bodies and minds. And like we said earlier, it would involve the use of items like beads, incense, bones, salt, and amulets that were inscribed with Arabic, Hebrew, or Syriac script. Also, wait, hold on, hold on. There's a dog puking in the bedroom. Wait, pause, 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 hold ah! on, hold on. God damn it. <laughs> the show's biz, babe. I fucked up that whole thing. I Great actually job. Passed, thank you. I passed some really hard Candy Crush levels while I was waiting for you to come back. Um, Love that for you. I. He puked on dirty clothes, so at least there's that. Oh, then, yeah, you just, like, rinse them off and roll them up and... Yeah, I flushed it down the toilet and then rinsed it off in the sink and put it yeah. in the dirty clothes pile. The life of dogs. <sighs> that sound, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Ex I know exactly what you mean. The <clears throat> you just hear them fucking struggling, and they're trying to get it out. They're not even yeah. trying to like not not throw up. I knew it was going to happen. They're so. The way that we walk, one of the houses has kids, and mm -hmm. I think that they like eat outside all the time and like just leave. They he got the rib bone. They left a rib bone the other day, and he ate it whole. They left out some, you know, like the Oreo cereal. Mm -hmm. They left that out. He ate some of that, and today he got some French fries covered in ants. Oh my god! So well. You know what I mean? Because he beelines it for the spot now because he knows this is where like the kids leave the food. I'm convinced that they see him eat it and they do it on purpose. Probably. Kids are terrible. You should, uh, let's see if we can sick a jinn on him. Seriously, that was so demonic. Anyway, okay. Proceed. And in the same way we see demon possession in Western <laughs> cultures, we stumble across possession in Islam. And according to the American Journal of Psychiatry, quote, People identify discrete periods of time where a jinn takes over mostly as periods of altered consciousness during which the possessed person may be unable to think or speak from his or her own will. They become aggressive, restless, or agitated, act like a jinn, such as speaking in an incomprehensible language or a woman speaking in a male voice, see or hear strange things, or talk to other jinns. They eat large amounts of food or be unable to eat show disorganized or bizarre behavior, feel weak or dizzy, and lose consciousness or lose touch with reality. 
I might be possessed by a jinn. I wish I had the um, the good qualities. Like I wish I could be aggressive and not hungry and talk in a male voice. Just to keep I kind of do toes. all of those. I am aggressive and restless. I speak in a male voice sometimes. I eat large amounts of food, followed by no eating at all. And I am constantly dizzy, weak, and losing touch with reality. And you did bark at those children at Typhoid Taylor's pool. So. I did bark at those <laughs> I did bark at those children. I was I'll trying to like, any kid. <laughs> I was just trying to see if there are any Pokemon nearby, and all of a sudden you were like, <gasps> and just scared well, the I mean, out of me. So everyone should know, I don't just bark at kids with no reason. This yeah, they child, splashed her. They yeah, splashed well, not even that. They, <laughs> we, had all, we had already moved. We had moved from one side of the pool to the other. We came to the deep end to not be bothered by the children who were just being annoying children and they jumped out of the pool ran over by where we were and all of our stuff set up and like our uh chairs were all like squished together we had like our bags and our phones and um towels laid out and this little shit goblin fucking drenched jumps out of the water with a super soaker open like he had just filled it in the water runs through us so he has to take a detour to run through our stuff and pours water all over like our bags purses and phones and naturally taylor was yelling like what the fuck control your fucking kid and i was so mad that all i could do was bark <laughs> oh my god. And it was, it was a trifecta. Yeah, it was a trifecta of human experience. I was like, ah? I so. yeah. And then, yeah, the barking and the yelling. <laughs> we handled it, though. They didn't bother us. That's true. They actually got a talking to from their parents, I think. Yeah, that'll happen when a grown woman barks at you. <laughs> <laughs> so, from the same article on mental illness from the American <laughs> Institute of Psychiatry, um, a 25 year old married mother of three living in Karachi, a homemaker with a high school education and of lower middle socioeconomic status. I don't think that's rude. That was very <laughs> rude. Okay. Uh, was brought to clinic because of bizarre behavior. The illness started 25 days earlier with increasing anger, agitation, and anxiety and decreased sleep. Yeah, those would be my symptoms if I heard yeah. someone talking shit like that yeah. on me. Yeah, so it was, yeah, and I would be mad about it for a month. Mm-hmm. Um, she was seen by a local physician and received a prescription for fluoxetine at 20 milligrams a day. After a few days, she started talking and pacing excessively, making calls to family members and asking for forgiveness, spent more time praying, and had frequent panic attacks. She also started hearing voices of Jin and could feel their presence in the room. She then developed discrete episodes of confusion, lasting 5 to 15 minutes several times a day, during which she lost awareness of her surroundings, had clouded consciousness, talked gibberish, sometimes in a loud masculine voice, heard voices of Jin, and saw Jin. She also had a few episodes of incontinence and at times needed help with toileting, bathing, and feeding. Episodes of muteness and, um, and staring were also reported, and she was not able to take care of her children or perform her household chores. The patient's family reported that she had a similar episode after the birth of her third child one year earlier and was thought to be possessed. At that time, she was treated for Jin possession by a spiritual healer who gave her a special armband to wear and some holy water to drink. 
She had no history of illicit drug use. No other medical condition was identified or had been treated in the past. And the results of a medical workup, which included a complete blood count, renal and liver function tests, electrolyte levels, fasting blood glucose level, thyroid stimulating hormone levels, urine toxicology screen, I'm skipping that word. We're Great all job. unremarkable. <laughs> the patient's yeah. family was significant for bipolar disorder in a sibling. How- yeah, I was going to say um, fluoxetine is like an antidepressant. Um, and the fact that this happens to her after childbirth is mm-hmm. a little scary. Yeah. On examination, the patient was a young woman of average built in height. She wore a burqa, but uncovered her face while talking to the female examiner. She appeared inattentive and perplexed and avoided eye contact. Her clothes were unironed and shabby. Her hair was uncombed. I know, she wore no makeup. Why? I wouldn't wear a full face of makeup if I was wearing a full veil either, but I digress. Uh, No abnormal movements were observed, but the patient was restless and fidgety and got up from the chair purposefully a few times during the interview. She took long pauses to respond to questions and spoke at a low volume. She reported her mood to be thick, okay, um, and her affect was anxious, and her thought process was tangential. Tangential. Tangential? Our thought process went off in tangents. There we go. I'll just change Tan- the sentence. Yeah, tangential. The theme of Jin possession was <laughs> notable in her thought content. <laughs> She denied hearing voices or seeing things during the interview. An insight into the illness was absent. Quote, I am possessed by Jin. I don't need any medication. End quote. She was oriented to the place and person, but not to time. The patient and family declined admission to a psychiatric unit and any other workup because of their firm belief that the patient was possessed and needed to be treated by the spiritual healer. And admission might cause a disruption in her spiritual treatment. We recommended stopping the fluoxetine and prescribed fucking prescribed quintiapine and clonazepam. The patient did not follow up in the clinic. Um, are you looking up all the medicine? Yeah, because that looks that sounds like colonopin to me. Yeah, um, it is. It the, is colonopin. The quintiapine uh, is essentially Seroquel, and that's to treat schizophrenia, bipolar. De- disorder and depression yeah colonopin obviously one of the most you know about it chelsea you know about colonopin uh yeah it'll just you know take you out baby it will make your brain turn off yeah um man how crazy that would be rough to go to a doctor and be like i'm literally possessed and uh but i feel like that happens a lot where people go into the doctor and they're like i'm possessed like i'll give you medicine to treat those symptoms and then you also follow up with your spiritual treatment i think that's common i think i wish that was scenario i wish that was common to me this is almost like um i don't know i wouldn't be if someone came in and said that they were I'm not a medical professional, but if someone came in and was like, I'm being possessed by a demon or a jinn or whatever it is. And I gave them like a low dose antidepressant, anti-anxiety. And then they were like still kind of freaking out and saying the same things. Mm -hmm. I would be like, okay, so let's 
move forward with other treatments. Like let's yeah, not just the spiritual treatment that they're clearly like saying that they need, but maybe also like getting a mental health psychiatrist professional yeah. in here as well. Yeah. Because I think that like all of those things need to be working together. Like mm-hmm. the medication to help re-regulate the chemicals in the brain, the spiritual um, help that they clearly want like that they feel will be the resolution and then also the mental health practice like that got them into that thinking space in the first place so yeah i feel like when all three aren't happening in conjunction with each other uh you fit you fail Mm -hmm. the the person i don't know why i put this fucking next part in Mm. Why? Now I know that this sounds like it could be run-of-the-mill mental illness, but let's not dismiss the very real potential for the unknown's ability to impact our mental health. (sighs) Noel might make fun of me for getting Reiki for Puffin, but he loved it, and I stand by that. Uh 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 A great example of someone who is uh, mentally unwell, you, giving Reiki hand-hovering vibe treatment to the dog. Um... But, but it's it's funny though because you say like let's not dismiss the very real potential for the unknown's ability to impact our mental health and I agree maybe on like a different level but fundamentally like the same agreement like I think that if you believe that there is some supernatural thing that is causing you harm mm-hmm. that harm is still real yeah that harm is really happening yeah. Um, if it's, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, you and I still take like our fucking SNRIs and mm-hmm. also wear our cornicellos. It's the old exactly. one to punch. Puffin got Reiki at a time where he was going to the vet for treatment with his vet and he still gets shots in his back and he still does um, laser therapy and things like that. But the Reiki was also like part of a triangle of just methods where I would throw anything at the wall to see what stuck. And that happened to stick. I don't know. I mean... He loved you know. it. He got like the fucking zoomies <laughs> after it. And if Reiki yeah. gives him the zoomies, then I'm just going to keep giving, like signing him up for it. You know uh-huh. what I mean? I don't, I wish you wouldn't though, but I, I understand, like, I understand, like I participate in um, superstitious practices all the time. Yeah. Whether I believe in them or not, which is the fun part. Um, and yeah. so with this, I, I very much think that like, even though I might not, We'll just say a demon, for example. Even though I don't believe that demons are real and I don't believe in demon possession, if you do and you are telling me that your life and quality of life is suffering because of it, then I yeah. believe that it's happening to you. Uh, yeah, it's when we brought this, when we did the spirit box episode, Oliver was very afraid and didn't want to do it in the house. And we both just said, okay. Yeah, because it's, like if it's, if it's yeah. real to you, then it's really happening. Something is happening. It's just a respect of what other people's lived experiences are. And I don't know, this lived experience for this lady could have 100% been a jinn, while my lived experience could be something completely different. Yeah. Because I do believe in all, I believe in every cryptid, like I say. So, um, but before we end the episode, let's dive into the very interesting jinn research carried out by one Philip J. Imbrogo co-author of the previously mentioned book, Vengeful Jin, Unveiling the Hidden Agenda. I love a hidden agenda. I hope we learn. Mm-hmm. But before we begin, I do want to acknowledge UFO Insight is our source for the following information that we are going to be reading. Um, There's this big old chunk of stuff. Cool. So, in this book, Philip shares his own remarkable experience during a journey to the Middle East, which provided evidence supporting the tangible nature of the Jin. 
In the mid-1990s, he traveled to the area for the purpose of studying them, facilitated by his connection with a former Vietnam comrade who held a prominent position within the security force of the Saudi royal family. To safeguard his friend's identity, Phil only referred to him as Jack. And upon arrival, Phil stayed at Jack's residence, located in an affluent neighborhood of Saudi Arabia. And after reuniting with his friend, Jack informed him that they had been invited to a crucial dinner party attended by a member of the Saudi royal family. And this event would significantly contribute to the writer's research. During the dinner, Phil found himself seated next to the royal family member, specifically a royal cousin, who afforded him a brief opportunity to converse. Phil mentioned his research focus on the Jin legends to the royal family member, who prominently affirmed their existence and emphasized that they do reside within the country. Intriguingly, the royal family member proceeded to recount a captivating personal encounter with the Jin. According to the narrative, the Saudi royal disclosed that a specific unit within the United States military had been actively engaged in capturing a Jin for several years. Here's the thing. If anything sounds too crazy but they put united states military involvement in it's it real. it's real it's real it's real uh-huh and these military operations were authorized in the desert areas of the country provided they served military or scientific purposes and on that we did an entire episode about uh fucking astral projecting based on a cia document yeah that talks about two men going to fucking jupiter and saturn yeah, I mean the CIA has uh, the CIA and the United States military and the United States government has funded worldwide endeavors for both um, kinesis, mm-hmm. uh, like mind reading, and like um, oh my god, what is it called when you like take over someone's body, like like a Not form possession, of possession? But-, but yeah, but like it's a, there's a different word for it. Um, obviously like mind control mm-hmm. um, astral projection um time travel yeah um, being able to fold um ripples in space and time we literally just talked life. about them changing the fucking weather with project harp which yeah, is not change, a conspiracy yep. changing the weather causing natural disasters um the the notorious brown note mm-hmm. um obvious it's like and these are all things that are written in declassified documents so if we know for a fact that the u.s government funded um ufo and alien research we know that the u.s government funded um psychedelic research into mind control and the hunting of bigfoot so when someone says the u.s military was also trying to capture a jinn for several years i am telling you right now it is true it's just Hellboy all over again, where they have Literally. this like tiny little weird X Files type force that goes out and does these. And I'm frankly jealous because that's the job yeah. I want. Hire me on. Um, and according to this royal family member, the United States military's primary objective was to acquire a technological device possessed by the Jin. This device not only enabled them to traverse solid walls, but also facilitated passage through dimensional windows. There it is, the obsession of the CIA forever. Uh-huh. And the Saudi royal acknowledged uncertainty regarding the success of the United States in obtaining such a device, but emphasized the genuine and serious nature of their endeavors. Oh, I believe it. You have to also think about this, right? 
whenever these types of things seem so outlandish and unreal and unreasonable, just remember that billionaires are currently um, making spaceships to take them to Mars because they want to get off of this planet because they know how fucking doomed it is and to yeah. start another existence on another world. And it is very much really happening. They're very much doing that themselves, privately funded, right? Mm-hmm. If you think that the CIA is not trying to fucking track down dimensional portals, you're, you, you are so caught up in the stereotypical army garb, military industrial complex that you are missing the fundamental core of it, which is mind control, time travel, um, timeline jumping, mm-hmm. all that magical mm-hmm. supernatural powers. That is, the, that is the bread and butter, baby. It's always the Dummies next are weapon. On it. Yeah. Literally. They're like, always on to the next big weapon. Exactly. And while the royal family member opted out to not provide any further details, um, Phil did try to get more out of them, but they swiftly concluded the conversation. But nevertheless, before departing, he instructed Jack to accompany his friend to visit a knowledgeable holy man the following day, someone who was well-versed in Jin lore. And interestingly... Phil drew a parallel between the Saudi royals' revelations and one of his own investigations into UFO phenomena in the Pine Bush region of New York. As he interacted with locals, he discovered an increased military presence in the area, which the military attributed to routine training exercises, quote, Mm -hmm. quote. It is worth noting that the information provided by one of Phil's sources suggested an alternative explanation for the military presence in the big uh, in the Pine Bush region. According to the source, the military's true objective was to capture an interdimensional alien. This alien um, reportedly utilized a device enabling it to utilize portals for entry into the area, and the military aimed to apprehend both the alien and acquire knowledge of operating the portal device for their own purposes. This raises the intriguing possibility that these operations in Pine Bush could potentially be connected to the activities mentioned by the Saudi royal concerning the desert region. Remember, earlier we said that Jin and aliens could be one and the same when you think about interdimensional beings. That is my favorite fucking shit. That is my... It is very much ancient aliens, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. very much ancient, ancient aliens territory. But it is my favorite. It is my... It's just the most delicious piece of pie when it comes to, like talking yeah. about um, cryptids and ghosts and demons and jinns and lore of magic. Um, essentially, it's like it, it really could all just be because I am, and this is the conundrum I forever face. I'm a firm believer in aliens, right? You know yeah. this. Everyone listening knows this um, because it is. Uh, human ego to believe that we are the best and brightest and only thing in this mm-hmm. infinite universe that we don't even know where it begins and ends, right? It, that's just so fucking insane. It just shows how tiny our little lizard brains are to truly believe that we are the best, we are it, we are only. Um, and if there's one thing I believe in, it's aliens, right? Mm-hmm. And our brains like can't even comprehend what we don't know or what we haven't already seen, right? Like mm-hmm. even our imagination is just an amalgamation of things that we have seen and experienced or have been told, right? Like it still comes from a source material. Everything comes from a source. And so when these like t- 
timeline jumping portal opening um, can only be described as fire with no smoke entities um, like pop up in history, even predating religion. To me, it, it screams fucking alien, but because of the time period or era or like what was going on, we classify it as some sort of like, religious entity yeah maybe potentially negative because that's just the framework that we're working in yeah well and also if you think about the time like would technology not look be interpreted as some sort of like religious miracle yeah or if it works against you then it's like a plague or things like that you know like what if like the plague of like raining frogs in egypt was somebody fucking around with one of these big red buttons that opened a portal yeah and then it gets interpreted as yeah, an act of God. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's so interesting too because a lot of times we talk about like, oh, Bigfoot is an interdimensional alien. He's not necessarily a cryptid. And then like I hear something like this, and I'm like, how did I not make the connection? Right. Um, and it's just like, I don't know. It. It's. I think because if you don't like sit with cryptids and aliens for a while and you don't like, like even one of my favorite theories of ghosts being that they're just like um, an energy trapped in a different dimension or on like a different timeline or like in some sort of repeating loop because energy cannot be created or destroyed. Um, Like when you really sit with it and you don't just think of it like a monster under your bed, and you try to explain it, but not necessarily with reason, because I think reason makes us be like, well, it's just not real with my imagination. But like with yeah. the reason of um, intergalactic understanding or lack of understanding, you can then like pull these tangents together, right? You can then mm-hmm. like draw conclusions <laughs> and be like, well, maybe. But if you're not in that line of thinking which i think most people aren't which honestly thank god because not everyone should be because it's fucking insane but like mm-hmm. once you get there it all makes sense like everything makes a little bit more sense and maybe that's why that guy's crazy hair was all over you know fucking history channel yeah. he was absolutely losing his goddamn mind because he figured it out that moment that like yeah no all of these historical and religious like recountings and retellings and superstitions all come from these like shared experiences which we with our sci-fi brains would now describe as like interdimensional travel and portal mm-hmm. opening like yeah. um and shape shifting it's it's like i don't know it it's creepy spooky but in a different way of like oh shit maybe there is something to this like yeah why it adds a scientific we, twist to it on things that we've already agreed that are tangible. Are yeah, possible. exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, the greatest example is, you know, like our favorites, like biblically accurate <clears throat> angels. Like mm-hmm. what? when you really read that and you really look at it, you're like, that's probably a fucking alien. Yeah. You know, like that's for sure. Like that's the only point of reference we have to like describe it. You would never see something like that naturally occurring. That's you know what I mean. That's gotta yeah. be. It yeah. has to come from somewhere. You can't just like imagine this shit up. It like has to yeah. come from something. Or like the ancient astronauts. Like we did that one about the South American petroglyphs and hieroglyphs, where it shows like their king in a fucking spaceship. 
yeah. looking through like a periscope mm-hmm. and that's technology that wasn't existing at the time. And people are mm-hmm. like, you're misinterpreting the art. And I'm like, but I'm fucking looking at it or even like in a more fun aspect that has like maybe a less science fiction twist to it, like the mermaid cave paintings in South Africa. And it's, you think of mermaids and you think of like Caribbean and things like that, you know, but you don't think about active women in South Africa to this day who are ripping men from the shores. And that's like a prevalent thing there. And it's like, what the fuck are we stumbling into? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so fun. It's so fun. Um, and while all of this correlation is speculative, the similarities between the two accounts, um, just to refresh because we went off on a tangent, between the pine bush alien and then the military trying to get a jinn in the Middle East, yes, um, it does suggest a parallel in the pursuit of interdimensional um, phenomenon by military entities. And the shared interest in capturing beings with access to portal technology strengthens the notion of a potential connection between the operations described in both contexts. However, it is important to approach such claims with a critical mindset. Um, but fuck that. No, we're not going to. <laughs> I don't uh, need critical thinking. No. Um, I must have had, that must have been when my fucking medicine kicked in. We'll just delete that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> So the following day, Phil accompanied Jack to meet this holy man and was granted the opportunity to inquire about the jinn and their nature. But according to the holy man, the jinn were described again as beings made of fire, possessing extensive lifespans and immense power. Furthermore, they possess the ability to manipulate matter in addition to assuming different forms. And the manipulation of matter potentially includes the creation of portals through which the jinn could enter our world. And interestingly, many researchers uh, believe that various phenomena, such as UFO sightings, encounters with Bigfoot, and other unexplained incidents could be attributed to the existence of such portals. Moreover, just as certain locations are considered to be hotspots for um, activity in the realm of UFOs and other phenomena, experts on the Jinn contend that specific places around the world serve as gateways through which the Jinn access our reality. And make it 115 fucking degrees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These connections between portals, um, anomalous phenomena, and the Jin highlight intriguing parallels in the belief of researchers across different fields. However, it is important. I don't know why I kept putting that stuff in there. You're really trying to be like, hey, remember. Don't I wrote be this. Too I wrote crazy. it during the day. Yeah. One location that Phil's research highlighted as significant is the Selma Plateau in Oman. Again, Oman is the country in which that Jin hotspot is. Um, specifically, a cavern known as the... <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you got it. Sound it out. Let me get real close to this word. Majilis al-Jin, meeting the place of the Jin. Although I would have is- guessed. Thank you. Although it is a likely a name given by recent explorers in the area. And this Jin cave is an enormous cave that requires descending from one of its ground level entrances. And to get full perspective on how fucking big it is, the main chamber of the cave could easily fit the Great Pyramid of Giza with room to spare inside of it. And that's just its main cavern entrance. Spooky. And while the cave became known to the outside world only in the early 1980s, Local residents in the vicinity had long been aware of its history and the presence of the jinn and exercised extreme caution when they needed to be anywhere near the cave. 
And during his time in Saudi Arabia, Phil managed to arrange a visit to this cave with the assistance of his friend, Jack. Oh my God. I'm so used to saying like putting jin. You that just now that when Jacques. I say, yeah, that now that when I say a J in here, that Jacques. I'm like Jacques. 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 <laughs> Fuck it. I sound pretentious. Well, you said it, not me. It's called España. <laughs> it's called España. So his friend Jack, who organized a guide named Captain Yermish to ensure their safe passage. And after a short flight across the border, they reached the town of Finns in the eastern Hajar Mountains, where a local well-versed in the cave system accompanied them as their guide. I would not do that. I would do it. You wouldn't do that? I... Bitch, I don't even care what's in the cave. It could be a demon or a pot of gold. I'm not descending into... Have you not seen... When did that movie come out? Oh, I don't know. 2008 is my guess. The Descent? Yeah, I've been spelunking. 2005, girly! Dang, I thought it was after I was out of high school. Um, The Descent Part 2 came out in 2009, which I didn't even know they did a Part 2 to, but I've seen The Descent. Girl, I'm not going to a fucking cave, bitch. I have... Do you ever have the experience where you go to a certain type of place and you're like, I fucking belong here? I've never felt like I belong anywhere. Oh, you're so... (laughs) Not like other girls. I don't know how to describe it, but like, you know how like, I would say like where you feel like a a serene... In line at Taco Bell. Yeah, when you feel like that serene peace and comfort in a specific area where it just kind of feels like I feel at home here. Um, I have felt that in caves and I'm not trying to be like, and I'm sure other spelunkers feel it, but like, I don't get a feeling of claustrophobia, which I will, I get anywhere else, but I don't feel bothered. And I've gone on spelunking tours, but I also like really um, feel drawn to caves and I have dreams where I like live in caves happily. And they always have just like represented a complete, safety net for me maybe it's like something where the symbolism of them is like one of those dream things you know what i mean i would fucking do this you're a weird bitch you won't go on a fucking airplane without shitting your pants but you'll go descent style into a fucking cave i would and i fucking love it i've actively looked for like spelunking clubs you know how they have women's running clubs I've looked for like spelunking clubs and I do you just, not know so that fucking guy it. who like died on like we Christmas literally Day? we have done so many episodes about people dying in caves but no I think you're talking about <sighs> we did one on the M-shaped cave but the Utah guy who like died mm-hmm. upside down mm-hmm. um and it has like I, a wacky doodle name like nutty putty or something it's, <laughs> I think it literally is fucking nutty putty I don't feel I will say I don't feel the need to do that I don't feel the need okay. like to breathe all the air out of my lungs and go into little places but I think like being inside caves is so fucking interesting I did a kit we did a cave tour in um tombstone and I it's was like Neanderthal brain it is my Neanderthal brain. You want to go back to the caves. I don't like bright things mm-hmm. because yeah. of the headaches mm-hmm. and the perpetual hangover from drinking wine nonstop. I need to be yeah. where it is dark. I mean, I don't know if you could tell, safe. but I live in darkness, girl. Yeah. So you should get it, but I think it's weird you wouldn't go here. Um, because I'm not a, I'm not the version of a dumb white girl that you are. Yeah. So. You know, when That's I okay. see the scary movie, I learn. 
Yeah. Unlike you go you. outside and you just leave. I run upstairs. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You know, and that's what makes us different. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. I've okay. known, I know that we're different and I know that we both don't chase waterfalls. Mm-hmm. We stick to the rivers and the streams that we're used to. And mine just so happens to be the one who dies in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. You know, someone's got to, it furthers the plot along. Yeah. But I don't go out like a bitch. I go out before everyone knows the actual magnitude of the danger that they're in. I cut out Mm -hmm. early. Yeah. I'd like to think that you would come like running back, like all fucked up, like throat kind of slit, like barely alive to be like, it's coming. No, 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 no. That's the second death. I'm the first death where I'm like, you guys look how pretty. And then like a spike goes through my neck. Mm. I'm you not th- the hero who returns fucked up to. Wow, that is interesting that you would say that. I think that you would. I think that you would make it back, but you, you would think like I would? be. Yeah, I think you'd be like gurgling blood on the front porch, but you would at least be warning us. That's but the nicest it, what, you thing you've ever said to me. Actually, I You're think welcome. I would just be d- fucking done. <laughs> you trip over the branch immediately. The two seconds into the chase, your asthma can't even kick in yet yeah, because you the, just trip over your own self. I would be in a cave and someone would shine too bright of a flashlight at me and trigger a migraine and I would take myself out. I would you just would sit million down. dollar baby yourself. I would just sit down and be like, oh, and then I'd lay down and they're like, non-factor. Mm. You know, like Michael's yeah. not killing the, the fucking bird. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, he just, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going for bigger fish to fry. I understand. Well, so. you know, I still think pick your role. I think you could fill either or. Maybe someday. Maybe if I eat more vegetables. Um, upon the, I eat a lot of vegetables. Maybe. No. That's not a road I'm going to go down. I'm just going to say that I will die first, but I want to die before I know there's any real danger. Okay, that's fair. Um, Upon their arrival in the afternoon, they planned to explore the cave the following day. So Phil took advantage of the remaining evening to engage in conversations with as many locals as possible. And nearly all the individuals he spoke with held firm beliefs in the genuine presence of the jinn in the cave and gave many personal anecdotes supporting their own encounters. Remarkably, one particular person appeared to corroborate the information shared by the Saudi royal during their previous conversation, further adding authenticity of the claims. And this person not only asserted that they had personally witnessed a jinn, but also claimed that the governments of the United States and Oman were aware of their presence and actively engaged in efforts to deal with them. Specifically, that they had been in that area to track down an actual jinn for capture. The following morning, Phil set out and finally reached the cave in question. However, when the time came to descend into the cave, his guide suddenly declared that he must proceed alone, unwilling to enter it themselves, leaving Phil to venture into it unaccompanied. And as he began his descent into the cave, he became aware of an unusual mist rising around him, with no clear cause of its origin being immediately evident. And suddenly, he heard what he believed to be the sound of human voices speaking, uh, speaking Arabic. And intrigued and on high alert, he halted his descent and surveyed his surroundings. And to his surprise, he noticed that the mist seemed to coalesce into a large form just beneath him, emitting an eerie glow that was distinct from sunlight. Dude, what a fucking flow from the Ogden Cemetery is a fucking jinn. I mean, sure sounds like it. That is probably the most scared I've ever been. 
Um, then the voice spoke again, but this time in English, and Phil clearly heard the words, Leave my place! I should put music behind that. Yeah, that was really good. Um, and the voices of his two guides from above were also audible, but although he couldn't comprehend their words. But one word did stand out unmistakably to Phil, which was Jin. Reacting swiftly, Phil pulled himself out of the cave and hurried toward his approaching guides, who were making their way back to their waiting vehicle. I love that they just were like, bye! Yeah, they're like, <laughs> adios! Um, and finally catching up with them, he urgently inquired about the situation, seeking an explanation for the events that just unfolded. And Phil's experience in the cave left him with a sense of intrigue and curiosity, wanting to further investigate and understand what he had encountered. However, his guides were resolute in their conviction about what had transpired, and despite Phil's desire to revisit the cave for a closer examination, each of the guides adamantly refused, leading to the immediate departure of all three men from the area. An interesting development that followed the incident was that the opening of the cave system was open to the general public shortly thereafter, and the site attracted a substantial number of visitors with thousands of people flocking to the area. However, in 2008, access to the cave was abruptly revoked, citing safety concerns, quote, quote, as the official reason for the closure. And whether additional factors influence this decision is open to speculation and debate, but locals in the area already know what caused the cave's sudden prohibition, the Jin. I will say one of the coolest parts of this story is that the guides were just going to leave him. Yeah, I would... I yeah, you know, like, that's the thing. They were bye. like, "It's fucking scary. We might die," and he's like, "I'm going anyway." I feel like you give someone permission to leave you if you put them in an unsafe scenario. Well, he wasn't even in the cave full yet. He was descending, so he wasn't even yeah. there all the way. And they were like, <laughs> "Later, well, bitch!" All of a sudden, they fucking hear something yelling at him in Arabic, and they're like, "We're getting the fuck out!" And then in english they start hearing english like screaming from the cave and they know it's not him because they can see him yeah i'm running too i'm gone i mean i think it's cool that they did that because most people would have tried to help him get up faster and they were like nope not today bitch they done told him they're like we're not going in there i mean yeah i get it i don't blame them i think it's fucking cool um fun well what do you think What's your, are we just kind of like unanimous that a, a Jin is a fucking alien? Oh, man. I want to say no. But. You want it to be biblical? No. I want it. I, I'm still tied up with like the Jin, genie, earthly f- manifestation. That also, the genie, is you a fucking, fucking pretentious dude, bitch, I'm so- dude. No, it's a genie. <laughs> Come on. I can hate myself. I can hear myself being this fucking annoying, and I don't know how to stop, because I don't mean Crazy. to say genie, but I literally just spent 10 pages of seeing a D and a J next to each other and knowing that it's Jin, and now my brain is just so easily rewired. I'd like to think that I couldn't be manipulated by mind control, but I just mind controlled myself into being fucking more annoying than i already am it was so easy too you did it effortlessly yeah uh but what i was trying to say is the idea of a genie 
and the Jin are so closely tied into being an earthly force to me that I still have to break that stereotype of them being an alien. But I buy into the idea of the U.S. military trying to harness alien portals and Jin portals, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I am kind of in my Renaissance era of believing that any supernatural thing is just alien. Yeah. And like alien being in like an all immersive term, like it doesn't necessarily mean like green little man. It could also mean yeah. disc in the sky, very much Jordan Peele's nope. It can also mean like uh, a mist that has mind control powers, like because we just yeah. don't know what it would look like. So I'm very much in that era right now. So I love that. It's a good era to be in. And we're about to go to prime alien country this weekend. So I just know I'm going to have nightmares. Can't wait. Yeah, we're going to be close to Skinwalker Ranch. Um, speaking of nightmares, there's an easy way to cure yours. And that's to go to the link tree in all of our bios. I am at Noel Fane. That is at Sithlard. We are at Go to Hell Podcast. In that link tree, you can find a link to our Patreon. A dollar gets you in. Um, another, like another little episode where we end up talking about societal problems and opinions. I feel. Yeah. So, a little fun one. Um, I, it's been a toss-up between good old-fashioned tea and um, good old-fashioned existential crisis. So mm-hmm. check mm-hmm. that out. Dollar gets you in. You can also find a link to our merch. 100% of the proceeds are donated. We have the super cool drag is not a crime tease. We have the sink every yacht tease. And my personal favorite, um, the... If this flag offends you, I'll help you pack um, supporting trans folks. That t-shirt yeah. is super fucking cool. I it, love it. Honestly, like our we've been getting good sales going in, like 20 shirts sold. And yeah, like we said, we don't take a single penny of that. So like all of that money gets donated. So um, every little bit helps. The arm that Orcas is going to... Um, what did we decide? I put the, it's like a, it's a orca. It's trying to like rebuild an orca pod that's been um, struggling. And mm-hmm. then the keep drag legal. And then if this flag offends you, I think we're doing ACLU. Yeah, we're doing the ACLU because the ACLU is currently divided amongst all fronts of um, basically what is the, the attack on LGBTQ plus people. So mm-hmm. Um, rather than split it up amongst like the individual organizations, we gave it to the big one that goes out and brings um, legal help and muscle to the yeah. cause. So, and we try to keep like the shirt costs as low as possible. They're better quality than Teespring were, but um, as if you ever donate to one of those charities that's on one of our shirts, and you let us know, we'll send you the art on the shirt for free, and then you can literally do whatever you want with it. You can slap it on a sticker. You can get a shirt printed. You can throw it up in an Etsy store and yeah. steal it. Just donate um, and use the messaging to put it out there in the world um, that these issues exist. Yeah, very much so. That's all we ask. 
Um, and we also ask that if you're in that link tree, you also check out Kelly Holloran or at Wildwood Owl's Etsy shop. She makes cool shit for us, and she also makes cool shit in general, so check it out. And I don't know why you'd need it, but we also have links to hear us anywhere podcasts are heard, literally anywhere. Um, we also have a link to our Discord server and our Facebook group for the Boomers. So, yeah, um, check all that shit out. And I want to give a a good old-fashioned hail. Um, it's been a minute since I've seen, like, a biblically portrayed version of the devil and I just forgot how fun it is how just good old-fashioned fun times it is because we've spent so much time talking about how like a true depiction of the devil someone who's supposed to be indulging and alluring and provocative and like the most delicious elixir to make you cross the dark side wouldn't be a goat-faced, taloned beast made of charcoal. It would be a sexy little slutty. Um, So seeing a classic depiction, horns, hooves, giant, gaping, um, was fun and exciting, which I saw on this season of Black Mirror, so check it out. So I would like to give a specific hail, a timely hail, to the original OG depictions of the devil, or Shaitan. Um, I'm going to give a hail Nickelback and the friends that invite me to their concert. You have literally been invited to the Nickelback <laughs> concert, so <laughs> it has um, not happened. But real talk, hail the aliens, man, who are always popping up in the scene. And you know what? Hail the love story between the United States military and their um, relentless pursuit of alien technology. Because who doesn't want to be chased now and then? Yeah. You know what? You're so right about that. I'll give a hail to that as well. Because it is, at the end of the day, romantic. It is. Well, right, you know what else is... I was going to say, what else <laughs> yeah. is romantic? Get the fuck out of here. Going to sleep. All right. Bye. Bye. I'll give Apollo my best. Poor thing. <laughs> nope, I won't, actually. I won't. He pooped on the floor. <laughs> Bye. Bye.